Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs from the gaming world. We are here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you want to support our grassroots independent endeavour, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital and join the community. Hashtag hand in pocket. On this edition, I am joined by the one-time fantasy gaming league. No, yeah, fantasy gaming league. It still is that Grand Prix winner. It's the resident referee. It's Logan. How's it going? Yep, good. First one of the year. This feels yep. weirdly rusty. Feels like been such a regular appearer, if yep. you like, almost regular co-host. Some might say mm. for a, for a significant period of time. That couple of weeks off feels like forever. Yeah, I did feel that. I always do it when I come back. I always think, well, am I rusty or just, is this the poorness just showing through the inconsistency? It's why you're not on radio doing this <laughs> as a living because you've got to be on, on point, haven't you? And again, they do that daily. Like, it must be, you must mm-hmm. just get into a flow of that. And be I think whatever you it. do, like, you just go into autopilot for some elements of it. Yeah. Um, but especially when you're not doing something like this, like, daily as a day job and you're not focusing 100% of everything onto it. It definitely is easier to become rusty, I think. Yeah. And also this morning, just to expose the business, this is an AM recording. You know, we don't first want... one ever, maybe. Well, for you I've recorded segments with like Bud, who's in Australia, at yeah, like yeah. seven or eight in the morning our time. Um mm. but I don't think generally we've ever done a, a GMT sort of pre Eleven o'clock before, and this is you know we just ticked past eight a.m. So this is early. Coffees mm. have been brewed. I don't know if you've got one there mm. or just down yours, but he's got his there. There it is. So that's what we're working with. There may be an extra element of rustiness or just lackadaisical behaviour because it is mm. you know the the a.m. here. Bin day as well as we were discussing it is. offline. Which yep, is- that stung me. Yep. Meant to get on air eight o'clock sharp, and then went oh better not because if those bin men come outside. They're unpredictable. They don't come till fucking 2pm usually, but then on the day you don't put it out, you bet your bollocks they're there at half eight. Well, I need that. They always come round. I need that garden being emptied. Yeah. Um, and they've come round before. They usually come round like ridiculously early with that, and then they leave all the rest of the till t- the pm. But yeah. as you say, chances are that the day when I'm tied up, they'll come round. You start hearing that chundering down the road, and you start panicking. <laughs> so, it is. Uh, you do get like a warning, don't you? Because you can hear it just going, <laughs> and you think, "Oh shit, have <laughs> I done that?" But we've got our, our ducks in a row there. Anyway. We know what the undisputed best way to start a podcast is, and it is delay news. And it hasn't taken long in 2023 for us to have to bring this subject to the table. Unsurprisingly, or maybe it's surprising because it's just so ridiculous, Skull and Bones, penciled in for March the 9th, but Ubisoft have confirmed it has been delayed until early in Ubisoft's next fiscal year, which runs from April until March 2024. So it could just be April, Mm. unlikely, but 
you know, it could be in, in the next six months. Um, according to Insider Gaming, this is now the sixth delay that this game has received since it was announced in 2017. I mean, do you think they're fucking about with us with this Ubisoft? And they're like, let's just really get up at me and pretend that this thing still exists and is coming out. And actually, it's all a big joke to them. Well, we saw it, didn't we? Was it last year we, you both, you and I watched a video? Funnily enough, you're talking about when you started having more sort of regular appearances. That was the first yeah. episode when we watched a showcase of it about 40 minutes yeah. long. And mm. now we're back round here, full cycle again. Can sit law. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, <coughs> it, I think that video put both you and I off it in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> it did. Um, I mean... It, you, you just feel like they're trolling you a little bit at this point. And I feel a bit sorry for Skull and Bones as a game. Because you yeah. think, like, who's it going to be appealing to at this point? Like, what? At some point, they're just going to have to chuck it out and just let it flop, I think, and then just yeah. be done with it. I, I, I don't know how long they can keep kicking the can down the road with it. No. Um, I mean, I do want it to be good. The concept of it is saying that both, I think, you and I are bang behind, like the idea of doing that. But the execution is a concern and they've obviously got the same concerns within within Ubisoft otherwise they wouldn't keep kicking the bloody can down the road would they no so we want more pirate games and um, this mm. is kind of that although you are just trying to ship mostly so you're sort of taking, mm. the, taking the role of a boat I guess the little fella can walk around it on land but I don't think you do much of it mm. yeah I mean this is just a, I mean there's actually more probably a more Poignant story about Ubisoft in general. Their their financial results were not very good. They've had to reevaluate their forecast and whatnot, and we won't get into all that because mm. it's well above our pay grade. Um, but it's not looking good. They cancelled three games apparently, three unannounced games that they were working on. That they've also canned, so not good. But I guess we'll see how Skull and Bones plays out in the uh, in the weeks and probably the months to come. FGO mm. update. We're in a new season, so these may come thick and fast. I'm sure we'll get our lulls like we did last year during the summer period. But Paper in the Grand Prix, which is the six-person event, is first to strike. One Piece Odyssey. He's fifth pick overall. So mm. you know, it's above things like Minecraft Legends and Pikmin. And I was like, well, where's he... When we talk about and criticise them, we know it's difficult. But sometimes when you see the ordering of things, you think, I've not even heard of this. Yeah, why, why are the obvious ones not getting... Yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's this... Sometimes there's this desire, I think, to find the hidden gem. Like, we often discuss yeah. in the group, don't we, about um, about people, how have they not picked that up and whatnot. Um, and I think sometimes nowadays people are going for those, trying to yeah. find those hidden gems, whereas sometimes the best thing to do when you look at the average that's required to win it is to just get those sort of 80s and above out the out the blocks. Yeah, because someone else could have nipped one of those other two, which you'd mm. think would perhaps score better. But we'll see. It'll, it'll all pan out in the data. That's the, the beauty of this. Everyone wants a pentiment. That's what they're looking for. That's, <laughs> You've that's set the, the standard view, is that what you're saying? That? You say you set the standard now, finding a hidden gem of you. You're like Pentiment's now the the gold standard of hidden gems, and I'm the man. Everyone's going it. to find this artsy to That's yeah. basically what I mean. Yeah, I think that's that's the standard of what you're looking for from the hidden gems. But they are few and far between, and for every Pentiment, you get a scorn. So. <laughs> That's true. That is the way it goes. One Piece Odyssey, as I said, he's fifth pick. Scored a 76 so far. Now, these scores are fluid. Um, mm. That'll probably go up or down a couple by now. But not a not a fantastic start, but not a 
a terminal disaster. I mean, it's above the 75 at the moment. It'll probably remain, you know, it won't go lower than 73, you think, which isn't ideal. But when you get into the 60s and the and the, the high 60s, mm. that's what you want to avoid. Because you you had two 60s. Well, that would mean they were high 60s. There were 69 and I think 68 and still one. So by no means a disgraceful score. It puts the pressure on. That's yeah. what it does. Like really, you want that sort of tip for later down the line. You don't really want it coming out yeah. First out of the blocks, I think that's that's the that's the problem with it. Not necessarily the score overall, but the first yeah. the first one you get clocked up. You don't want to be in the seventies, ideally. No, you want a good ninety because then that's there's a fifteen ish gap already opened up, and you're like, well, I'm already fifteen points behind someone. So yeah, you're <laughs> right. You want to you do want to get out of the gates quick, but seventy six. I think in the grand scheme of things, won't be a total disaster. Um, I've named this section the odds and sods. These are basically just headliners and quotes taken from from VGC. These mm. have happened over the, since the start of the year because we did our sort of game is most wanted on the last edition. Didn't do any news topics as such. I do want to try and get away from it, but I don't think we quite the news. Just make sure you've got something to talk about every week, so you kind of have to rely on it. But we'll see how it goes throughout the year. Maybe we'll tweak things. But these are just quick bits and pieces. Obviously, I may I'll say I'll say don't shout if you've got a comment but i'll often just then suddenly pause and expect you to have input so just be alert to my scatty ways grand turismo and beat saber are coming to playstation vr2 this was on sony ces um presentation they did jim ryan was up there talking so we got to see the man come out of his cave and have a little chat he also said that the playstation 5 has cleared 30 million sales after its biggest month yet so i'm guessing he's referring to december there Mm. and uh, claimed that the console is now more widely available. And I would tend to agree with that anecdotally. I follow um, a few like PlayStation 5 stock tracker sites, and even those guys probably... It was probably November time, mid-November, they put a tweet out saying, we're not going to notify you every time the PS5's in stock now because it's becoming so regular. Instead, we're going to focus on bundles and good deals. So already seeing sort of you know the, the guys that are trying to help people grab them shift away from just stock suggests to me that they are more easy to get hold of i've still not seen one in a shop mind you i've not walked around and seen one sitting in any any level of shop then again do i go out to these shops no so a pointless comment um sony also revealed a ps5 accessibility controller called project leonardo and that's obviously aimed to, to help players with disabilities. Good to see them going down this road because Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft have kind of been leading in that of their accessibility controller and Sony are going for that. Um, it looks, I mean, I don't know how these things are researched or put into R&D, but it looks really interesting the way they're designed. I don't know if you saw a picture of it. It's like this, this round like disc type mm. thing. And um, I'm super interested if they ever do a backstory on how they sort of research and come up with that and say this is what we feel like would be useful to people across kind of like the, the all the different areas but that was sony at ces xbox got some news incoming which will which will definitely help for podcast chat xbox and bethesda announced a developer direct confirmed for january the 25th and you broke this news in the dimp whatsapp group the news break they're calling him he's <laughs> down the ground getting the scoops was that me? I think it was you. Sound, I don't know. I'm just going back now and I'm thinking, does it sound like... I mean, it's, the problem is... Oh, no, no, no. The one that I did was, oh, was the uh, Carbon Aware piece. Oh, we've got that. Don't worry. We've got that there. 
Um, it was Adkins, actually. That oh, okay. Well, that the... makes more sense. I don't think yeah. anyone responded to him. Bless no, him. they didn't. It was radio <laughs> silence on that. That shows you how everyone <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, and then, and then Hall posts a picture of a fucking shark that's got a PC built in it, and people are popping off about it. And it's like, well, why are we getting well, comments on that? Anyway, January the 25th for that. like to hear about Redfall and others. Mm. They did say you won't hear, you're not like to hear about Starfield. Which I think's fine. I'm hoping at the event, either one they're lying, which they do lie, so it might appear. But <laughs> more realistically, they'll just say, "Look, we've got a singular event for that coming, and here's the date of that. That would be cool." Mm. Or just to give a time frame on that. But yeah, thoughts are Redfall and more is what they've kind of placed in. <laughs> to coin your phrase, yeah, big pressure. Mm. I think. It, I mean. It feels like Xbox needs to have a good year this year. For, they need to have a great year. The, yeah, I they think. they need they need to chuck out something better than what they have done in recent years. Um, so having that early on with with Bethesda, I think is uh, is a pressure cooker. They need to they need to get people hyped up. I think and yeah. deliver. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Talk is cheap, but it's good to see them getting early because. The big criticism last year was, oh, you weren't at the Game Awards with anything. And then within mm. 30 days of that, or, or slightly more, they've come out and said, look, we're doing our own thing. There's no point in us paying Jeff for that. The show's already three That's and a half hours long, and you'll forget about it. Which I agree with. Like These, these <laughs> bloody showcases, you forget about what happens to most of it. At least here they can just focus mm. on their stuff. So mm. absolutely looking forward to that. As you mentioned earlier, Microsoft says a new Xbox update, which I think has gone out to insiders um, initially, will will probably be coming to everyone else, will make it, quote, the first carbon-aware console. Now, this is interesting they're making a big deal about this because, for me, they've been... It's been, they've been carbon aware for from last year, especially. They they didn't release any mm. games, so I didn't need to switch it on. <laughs> so that's the ultimate carbon aware. I ain't even I ain't even had a footprint. I'm joking, Phil. Friend of the show. Sticking the boot in after we just spoke about him. No. Saying there's big pressure. And you oh, got to stick the boot in even harder. No. Even harder. No. Got the knife out, really digging it in. Can't get up, Phil, wouldn't you? Because Jim's easy target. He's easy prey. He just yeah. he just screams insult me with his poor consumer angry practices but feel everyone loves so if you get up him you get people's backs up and that's what we want to do the company is rolling out a number of energy saving features xbox insiders will have their console automatically set to shutdown mode when updates will happen at carbon friendly time so basically it's a, some sort of timer that if you leave it in this mode or just by default i guess they're going to switch this on it will do the updates at uh, times where the energy's not being used. I mean, I don't understand this. I mean, if the energy's getting used, it's getting used. I'm sure someone much with much more intelligence about this will tell me why that's a good thing. But it seems like it's going to be a choice anyway. So if you're not happy with it, the only choice I want is the option when I go and turn it off on the controller to turn it off completely so nothing happens mm. or put it in some sort of energy mode. And you can't do that without going into the bloody settings. Yeah, It'd I'd agree be. with that. The PS5 does it, so... Why aren't you doing that? That'd be the ultimate carbon friendly. But I saw you shaking your head at this quote: "First carbon aware console." Mm. And we know you're you're down those those rabbit holes and whatnot, and don't like this <laughs> this sort of nonsense coming out. So no doubt this got your back up a little bit. I wouldn't say it's it's the, the terminology, fact, like, isn't it? It's the terminology that bothers <laughs> First me. First yeah. carbon not, aware console. <laughs> like it's not the print. Like the idea. To your point. Um, 
like the idea of making they've got already got a power saving mode and all this yeah. kind of stuff like anything that you know even from a purely selfish perspective that doesn't cost me money or drains electricity whilst i'm not using it like i'm fine with that and even the principle that so the principle that it is carbon aware and why it's better to do it at certain times yep. is like when they say oh you should put your washing machine on overnight because there's less drain wakes the dog up well, I mean, I wouldn't do it. It's just not feasible. It's too loud. But the principle is that there's <laughs> less demand on the network, right, and therefore yeah. they don't have to burn coal and whatnot. They can to use renewable support. energies at that time. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That bloody wind only gives you about five percent of the energy required. So well, at the moment, I suspect it's giving it nearly ninety-five percent of the sounds of it outside. It's making a right racket. Um, but yeah, I, like, I, I get the principle and I like it. And even just like the option to up, do updates overnight, which yeah. I'm pretty sure it does already. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm confused about is what it's doing over and above and this idea that it's got a brain in it that chooses <laughs> when is the best time somehow. It's, it's carbon aware. So, it's, it knows what it's yeah, doing. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like saying something self-aware or, or, yeah. or like a car that's <clears> driving, like it's doing something for you. It's making decisions actively or something. And it's just like, it's just not. It's all a schedule. You're doing is saying, it's a schedule. Yeah, it's a schedule. That's all it is. It's like me saying that my my outlook is self-aware when all I've done is scheduled an email to go out at a certain time. Like it's gone out of it's office, it's self-aware. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bizarre way to phrase it. Um, but yeah, I, it's not that I'm in principle against what what they're doing. I think yeah, fine. Anything that makes it more, you know, less power hungry or makes it more efficient in some way, great. Like, I'm all behind it. But don't call it carbon aware. Like all you're doing is ticking those ESG boxes off. It's all it becomes. Well, I wonder where that'll go because we know you, you're good friends with Graham Hancock and Ancient Apocalypse has been dominating your Netflix cycle. <laughs> I, I don't think I put you onto that, but I've watched it. and we <laughs> it, it prompted me to, it reminded me. So I've seen it out there and I was like, oh yeah, like I, that's something I should watch. Um, and then it just coincidentally, I was back in London full time this week. So I was like, it's a great time just to, to watch them on the train. Oh, they're only um, half hour long. You know. Yeah, it's ideal. I love that. Yeah. It's handy. Half hour, the titles. Poor old Graham. Um, here's a... This one sort of fell because it, it landed in that period where no one's covering anything. But EA says that 60% of the recently wiped Madden saves are likely unrecoverable. And this is related to their franchise mode, which my understanding of that is you can spend hundreds of hours in there meddling around, creating your own leagues mm. and, and whatnot. Electronic Arts doesn't expect to be able to recover the majority of NFL 23's franchise save files that were corrupted due to a data storage issue. In a forum post, the publisher apologised for the issue, which impacted players who logged on into franchise leagues between 7.45pm our time and December on December 28th and 5.45am GMT, the one true time zone, on December the 29th. So people that logged on during that that stretch, mm. um, if your save was corrupted, unfortunately, if you've logged on into the franchise leagues during this time, your data was affected due to a status storage issue that resulted in the franchise files being corrupted, the publisher has said, and they are not likely to be recovered. What are we doing in 2023 where that's <laughs> happening? I mean, <clears throat> everyone says all this cloud saving malarkey. This is clearly where it goes wrong. When you're mm. having to ping things up to the cloud and come back and whatnot, and some it's cocked up, and there's some poor bastards out there, probably a minute in the amount of people, but imagine that as Destiny. Like, think of all the yeah. character work you've put into something like mm. Destiny, yeah. 100 hours or whatever, and you lost your character. Mm. It'd be unforgivable, wouldn't it? You would be like, right, well, that's it for me in this 
publisher or this developer. Well, or they'd have to just give everything away. Well, like if yeah. there's if you've got the game, if you bought it, if you installed it before a certain date, they'd have to say you. I don't know. They'd have to do something. Otherwise, to your point, you just have to chuck it in the bin. Like you couldn't put days and days of work back in from scratch no. or whatever to do it. Like it just wouldn't be possible. But it's always been a concern of mine these cloud saves, and it seems unnecessary in some ways with the amount of storage we've got these days. Because mm. a lot just of the games in the cloud. Sorry to cut in, but a lot of the games are. Mm you're forced to have online connectivity to yeah. have these modes yeah. active. So there's no way you can opt out of it. It's not like the player can say, oh, I'll have mm. it offline. It's like, no, you need to have an online connectivity to play some of these game modes. So you're forced mm. down this funnel, and then they go, well, we've had a bit of a data storage issue. And <coughs> Sorry about that. We've lost your data. And it's obvious they've had fucking feet up over that Christmas period as well, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. probably what's caused it. Like, <laughs> they've had no one in the office to sort it out, and there's been an issue. It's compounded and fucked up, and it, it couldn't... They're like, well, that's happened now. Maybe if we were there, we could have sorted it. But yeah. it's New Year now, so bad luck. Um, yeah, it, it, you'd be pissed off, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if you like Madden, you'd be pissed off. But it does just highlight the point of if that happened in any game where there's progress and significant yeah. progress that's put in. I mean, can you imagine if your Assassin's Creed cloud save, they went, sorry about that. 130 hours, you're gonna to have to start again. Well, I wouldn't mind now, but if, if I was if I hadn't finished it, then yeah, yeah, be, yeah but it's yeah, it's the same thing. Like if your football manager save went mm. off, you know, after five seasons, you'd be like, well, that's just the end, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, really, you just couldn't you, you couldn't go back, like yeah. you'd just be like, well, that's that done. It ain't good enough, EA, but there's nothing that can be done apparently in 2023. That's what we're dealing with. So maybe some warning signs of the future to come as everything goes towards online cloud and saving and connectivity this is the perils of it i know people like to wave hands and say well there's no downsides to it it's like, well here's one here and yes obviously an offline save could get corrupted as well but you don't expect just for playing the game to be punished with a loss mm. of your your franchise league so commiserations to those people the hitman games are being combined as world of assassination so Hitman 3 will be renamed, essentially, from January the 26th to be called The World of Assassination. And all three games will be available via the same hub. Not major news, just I like to update on Hitman for some reason on this podcast. That's my little <laughs> thing that I do. Um, it makes sense, because going into the game now, like trying to find which version you've got, which version you need to get to get the Hitman 2 or Hitman 1 levels, plus all the... It's just a nightmare. So they're completely gutting it and... You know, people that have got Hitman 3 will get Hitman 2 and 1, you know, for free is is how I've understood it. So it'll be called The World of Assassination, which is basically the trilogy. Um, I don't think it's going to be a new skew, so I don't think we're going to get a new trophy list. But I will check, because if, if we've got a new trophy list, then Ronnie can restart again. <laughs> and he can, he can go through all that turmoil again, so we'll see about that. Um, I quickly, actually, just whilst we're talking about Hitman 3, or what was what's going to be called Hitman 1 of Assassination from the 26th onwards, I played the free update called Ambrose Island, which is a new location for the Hitman game. Um, and it's decent. It's free, for one doesn't have any story missions or opportunities in there which are like the the handholdy sort of go here get this mm. execute um, but it has all the usual sort of opportunities that you can find naturally and kind of have to think for yourself so less handholdy but a, a decent level and for free absolutely fine with that and i i slagged off obviously the the seven deadly sins dlc which was just a, a disgrace they should have just mm. done stuff like this i'd have paid for this mm. this this is what i wanted was 
new locations or new proper missions in the existing locations. So for those of you that got Hitman free, Ambrose Island is free and it's worth just diving into and having a go at. Anyway, that's the odds and sods. So God knows how long the actual news will take at this rate. European sales data 2022. Chrissy Dring at it again at at gamesindustry.biz. Now... I'm a little bit disappointed in what he's given us, and maybe this will come in, in, in the weeks that are to come, but I haven't got December's data as a standalone. I've been I've been given, I say I've been given, everyone's been given this, it's on their website, the overall 2022 roundup, which must include December, but I haven't seen a separated chart for it. So that little power rankings I do, I can't, mm. I can't update. Uh, I may bin that anyway. I was just thinking, what value is that adding? But we'll see. If if Chrissy Dring don't produce December, then it's broken, isn't it? It can't work. So it'll have to go in the bin. Anyway, this data is um, according to the latest GSD data, which tracks physical and digital games, game sales across Europe. Uh, it tracks all physical sales in major European countries and digital sales for most AAA publishers, with the main exception being Nintendo, which don't share digital data. Uh, and it doesn't include data from indie teams, but I don't think they're usually on the high kind of priced ticket items when it comes to sales. Anyway, here's the top 10 for the entire year. So number one in Europe, digital plus physical, and keeping in mind that the, uh, the Nintendo don't share digital, so you could probably move their, their their ranking up a little bit if their games appear. FIFA 23 was the number one game in Europe. Not really a surprise, is it? It's always going to be lurking there or thereabouts. And once again, it still does. Yeah, it still shocks me that people actively every year go out and get this, but at the same time. It's a surprise, but it's not. You saw no. every year. I go. I can't believe people are still doing that, but evidently they are. Last FIFA. Well, we would assume the last FIFA branded game that will appear top mm. of the rankings for a while because EA will be doing EA Sports FC next year. So that's mm. what you would assume will be top. I don't think there's going to be a FIFA branded game in, in for 2024, mm. um, but we'll see. Number two was Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Expected number three though, Elden Ring. Out of the bins and into the mainstream. Mm. That's a great result for them. Number four, Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> uh, number five, FIFA Twenty Two. So last year's FIFA, well, mm. the year before last, FIFA gets there. Most they must pick up sales during the year as well. Number six, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is interesting because that's got no digital sales attached to it. So mm. impressive. Seven was God of War Ragnarok which is, again, impressive, being an exclusive, only on PS4 and PS5. Eight was Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Nine, Horizon Forbidden West. Ten, Gran Turismo 7. So three Sony-only games making the top ten, which is uh, Mm. pretty impressive. Um, In terms of console sales, PlayStation 5 and Nintendo sales are down year on year in comparison to 2021. Xbox sales are up, so they had a bit of an increase there. The UK is ahead of Germany as Europe's biggest games market. So stick your bricks up your arse. Number one in Europe. <laughs> that seems mad. I don't know what the population difference is. Huge, I think. But I think there's... there's I'll look it up. I, it must be at least double in Germany. I yeah. mean, Germany's a huge country, but it's much more sparsely populated, I think. 83 mil for the Germans... 
Oh, is that it? Yeah, and 60. Well, maybe we're not 70. that far off. That's just Google. It's still, that's still a good 20 odd mm. million people. And yeah. the UK's taken the title. So wasteful, mm. maybe. That's what they're saying about the UK. Blowing all their money away they haven't got. <laughs> and there's yeah. interest rates steaming up and energy prices. Everyone's striking and then yeah. <laughs> they've got any money and going out and buying all these games and whatnot. So needs to be queried, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, 159 million console and PC games were sold across the European markets in 2022. A drop of 7.1% over the year before. Mm. Sales of FIFA 23 were up 3% over FIFA 22 year on year. Here's the fucking big one. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 sales were up nearly 73% over Vanguard. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest. Some cunts still saying, oh, Vanguard wasn't that bad. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that much of a dip. 73%. It should be the nail in Sledgehammer's coffin. Like, it really should be. Like, they shouldn't have another go at it after this. Yes. Um, It it really was a, a real bad job, unfortunately. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, if you combine their sales because they're separate games, uh, would have mm. charted six, which would have put it above Legends Arceus. And it's also worth noting that Pokemon games do not include digital sales, so probably would have been higher. So, mm. you know, that game was selling well, that kind of does that. In terms of average digital slash physical split, um, 64% of sales were digital downloads. It's actually a drop because it was 65% in 2021. Not really a drop, is it? 1%. I always think, why include that little... Because that'll be the headline. Digital, sa- digital sales same. drop! Yeah. And then you go, it's 1%. It's, it's almost yeah. irrelevant. Um, and they only included games that are sold both physically and digitally, so there wasn't any kind of skewing towards the digital-only titles. Mm. Uh, other key sellers of the top 10 include Lego Star Wars at number 8, free PlayStation exclusives, um, yeah, they don't need to go any further into that. In terms of countries, UK was the number one, as we know, followed by Germany, then France. Spain, Italy also saw an increase. The UK's best performing market for games such as FIFA, Call of Duty, Lego and Elden Ring. So they were the top games in the UK. Germany and France were the strongest markets for the Switch, with Pokemon Legends Arceus, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Switch Sports and Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. Ooh. FIFA 23 was the best-selling game in most markets, with just a couple of exceptions. Finland, where Elden Ring was number one. <laughs> in terms of console sales, not every major market is tracked. Germany and UK data is missing. So we've got UK data, but it's separate. I don't know why that, that happens. But Switch was comfortably number one console, despite sales falling by 15%. PS5 was a clear number two with sales mm. down 35%, and the Xbox Series consoles were the only platform to report sales growth up 4.4%, but is in third position. So that's a little bit of a... If PS5's down 35%, yeah. Phil's gone up 4.4%, which isn't a great deal, it's still up, and still PS5's a clear number two. I mean, that doesn't paint a great picture in Europe, at least, for how well the Xbox is doing, just for consoles coming off the shelf, does it? If P- no, PS5 I- can get away of dropping 30, a third of their sales and then go, well, we're still second. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> I still think it's um, it's the main console for casual gamers, mm. I think, uh, for some reason. And I'd, I'd, again, I'd, I don't like using that term because it can seem derogatory, but I think most people that aren't that fussed seem to opt for a PlayStation over an Xbox. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, to be honest. I, 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 I'm not sure... 
There doesn't, to my mind, there's no real difference between the two. No, well, there was actually a news story that came out from VGC. They used Ampere Analysis, who I've cited previously, mm. and it did say that the survey that they conducted, the market research, showed that PlayStation 5 owners, in the UK at least, this is, are more likely to consider it their main console than Xbox Series yeah. X owners are, um, mm. which was interesting. It seemed like there was more people that had a PS5 first and foremost, and then the other consoles mm. were kind of secondary. Um, which is why when we talk about market leaders and whatnot in the console market, and it to me it paints a clear picture why perhaps they get better third-party support for things and, and can do deals like Final Fantasy 16 being a timed exclusive and all that sort of mm. stuff because they know that that's the that's at the moment the the number one marketplace for those type of games. Yeah, I think it it just surprises me because I buck that trend completely. Mm. Um, it's not just you though there's lots of people that buck that trend in the in the I just think you know it, even when now like recently when I try and like discord connectivity for example with on the Xbox it's like a game changer for me like being able to play with PC players and use a discord server for audio yeah I tried to play with my brother who's got a PlayStation 5 the other day and I was stuck in game chat <laughs> and he just bollocks and it's just <laughs> like I'm like why I don't I, I genuinely just think the Xbox just supports cross party better than playstation and i don't know i just think that's you though didn't it number three struggling yeah uh, this is what i mean it just surprises me that all these people just don't seem to care about that like it doesn't doesn't even become a factor but do they, those sort of people have pc mates they play with or have, probably that's the thing this is what i mean probably I all on ps5 yeah yeah that's the thing it's it, it i mean sony well playstation 5 should be getting discord soon mm. but First to market was Xbox, and yeah, I've not actually used it, but judging by what you've said there, it does make things far easier when you're playing with PC yeah. folks I mean, and whatnot. It was a bit of a ball late when they first um, released it, because you had to transfer it from your mobile. Yeah. Um, but they've now just fully integrated it, so you can literally just go straight in on your Xbox into a Discord server. Like, it's having that... Uh, I think it'll eventually just make That'll be Xbox it. party chat redundant, yeah. to be honest, yeah. um, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's just little things like that on the Xbox that I just prefer. And, um, it just surprised, this is what I mean. I think I'm just out here operating in my own little echo chamber (laughs) where I think everyone's doing the same thing and they're just not like the large majority of the market are doing the opposite. Hmm. Is it, I don't know, you don't do a war and peace on this, but it's just popped into my Mm. head. What would, is there anything that would come along that would change that? That Xbox was primary and like to switch it is there anything that sony could do or xbox could blow that would make you do that or is it just now that that's how it's going to be providing things don't shift dramatically which Mm. they might in the next couple of generations all this streaming malarkey coming in so i think that if it was if it was just if there's better integration between you know you could pretty much interchangeably use whatever console you wanted forget first party third party games and what's available like in terms of if i wanted to play a game it doesn't really matter yeah. like call of duty i could still play with pete all these different people par like it wouldn't matter it would Good just come man. down to it would come down to cost features and performance like really um i mean the reason i use the xbox of primary is because you can easily see who's online on your PC friends and stuff, which you just can't have that visibility on the on the PlayStation. It's just not the same. You can go on the PlayStation app and see your PlayStation mates, and that's it. Like mm. I couldn't easily just 
see par online and jump into a game of Warzone together. Like, that doesn't happen. So, I think if there's better integration with PC... Um, Hackers. I mean, that is a problem. I mean, it, 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 in some ways, it'd be better if those PC mob just had their own thing and just were completely separate, but that's not the way it's going. Right. Um, I, to be honest, I, I don't know. I, I think it would really boil down to... If I had the ability to play whatever I wanted on any platform, um, I would just buy one console. And it'd literally oh, come yeah. down to price and functionality and integration. It'd come down to the minutiae. Yeah. So it could really come down to something like the friends list all being together and um, you know Discord connectivity and things like that. It really would be those little things that would make the difference for me. And there you go. That's how it's going to work. We'll see. Things will <clears throat> things will ultimately shift if the uh, if the analysts- market dictates oh. it yeah well yeah and mm. and even with like having a console box i mean it's been doomed for 10 years if you listen to some people but yeah um mm. you'd think if logically one day we'd get to something where that doesn't occur and you know this, this is all ifs and buts but anyway that's the little roundup of the european sales data for 2022 i'll be keeping an eye on chrissy drinks if he drops december's only <laughs> data and if not Power rankings are dead, but we will just cover the stats that they chuck out every month because they are interesting. As I say, it keeps us grounded. Naughty Dog says revealing past games too early hurt the studio. They have suggested that it will reveal its next game closer to release than has been the previous case with its recent titles. Uncharted 4 was announced in November 2013 and released in May 2016. The Last of Us Part 2 was announced in 2016 and released in June 2020, following two delays. Um, They want to do this to polish the title whilst reducing stress on the team. So I don't really want to talk about the reasoning behind why they're doing it. I think generally, once you let the cat out of the bag, any any developer that's got any sort of footprint or people know that work, they're going to get hounded every day by strange people Mm. saying, where is it? What are you doing? And it's just an annoyance, isn't it? You don't need. So their their rationale is fine. If they feel like it's going to reduce stress, great. But the real question is, using the news to springboard into something hopefully more interesting, what is your ideal schedule for game reveals, promotion, and eventually release? Like how would you, how early would you like to see games yourself? Not from a business point of view, because we've got really mm. no clue how that cycle works. There's no, as far as I know, there's no data saying, well, if you reveal it two years before and build it up, you get these sales. Like it seems generally a game by game basis. But for you as a consumer, when would you like to know about your games and then be able to play them? Are you one of these people that would like, well, give me three months' notice and I'll dive in? <laughs> or do you want do you want to know a year in advance or two years in advance and have a slow build of features and gameplay rolled out? You tell me. Don't, I don't really know. I think it depends. A, it would depend on the game. So if mm. it's a yearly release title, yeah. then clearly I don't want to know month. about that. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to know what they're working on three years in advance no. like, because I, it's, it, it, it's, there's no point. It's It really does depend. So using GTA 6 as an example, right. I know they're working on it. Yep. Fine. Don't have to. I, I just need to know when you're going to release it. it doesn't, you don't have to commit to anything. Just give me a year's notice or six months notice it's irrelevant it's like yeah. when it comes out I'm going to play it I know it's going to be good fine um, there's no point in me showing me something now and then going you'll get to play this in four years so I'll be like why are you even bothering mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me I'll forget about it um, so I think the ideal time horizon is probably six to twelve months like 
show me something six to 12 months in advance and I'll remember it, log it and get excited for it. Um, I can understand why companies don't want to commit to things. I, I, I don't think it's the, the problem, I think, using Naughty Dog as an example, is they probably commit into dates or will release it in this quarter, in this year or something. And then they're under pressure to get it released on that date. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas if you, three years in advance, say coming in, you know, if they announced it now and said coming in 2026, you go, all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, it's up to you, really. This, this, it's within their gift. But from my perspective, I think six to 12 months is the sweet spot for me. A, being able to get excited, lining it up, and then sort of also, you know, and I'm also thinking about the Fantasy Gaming League. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. there's no point in telling me two years in advance. I need to know the prior year so I can think about it for next year. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I tend to agree that 12 months, I don't like any longer than that, really. I mean, it's not, it, mm. most games, we're saying six to 12 months. Most games are way out. They're normally like a couple of years. Yeah. And you get, a review, mm. you get a title first. That's kind of like oh, we're working on it type, which I don't mind. What I hate mm. is the CGI trailers that don't actually yeah. show anything of the game, really. Everyone goes, oh, you mm. get the atmosphere and the time. They don't. You don't get nothing out of that. Look at that Halo 5 Guardians trailer. It plays nothing like that. <laughs> then they do those weird trailers where, like, Master Chief and Agent, was it Agent Lock, mm. Spartan Lock, were, like, killing each other. Mm. Don't even happen in the game. It's nothing to do. It's not even a... None of those scenarios play out. So that sort of nonsense needs to stop. And it's really tricky, though, isn't it? Because you think how complex it is to, to develop and ship one of these games. Like, mm. you've got a War Ragnarok. It's like, how do you really know when that's going to be ready? Like, when mm. you, whenever you say a year, even, you're sort of saying, well, ideally, if nothing, go- if we don't get 75% of the way through this and then discover this horrible bug mm. that's, that costs us a month's worth of time, mm. then yeah we'll get it out but if 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 something like that happens we're going to be blowing so mm. i would tend to agree a year out gives me enough time to plan it in six months is fine as well i think bethesda used to do that until they started putting yeah. fucking dates in their trailers over a year out and then missing that date and you think well <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing there you prats mm. and um I think what Naughty Dog are saying here is like, yeah, let's just rein it in a little bit. Let's not get so, oh, we need to show this immediately. Because the hype's going to come naturally anyway. A year is plenty of time for people to get excited about The Last of Us Part 3. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, it doesn't need any more than that. Right. Yeah, you know, I think if they want to let people know we're working on things and it's in the mixer, fine. But yeah. you don't have to commit to anything beyond that, no. I don't think, until sort of six to 12 months out. And they might get asked questions about it and go, look, you said to us six years ago, you're working on a new Uncharted game. What's going on? And they'll go, well. Yeah. But I think it's just around, you know, I don't know why people feel the need to say, coming in such and such, you know, so far out. It's just like, tell us you're working on it. Mm. And then when you're ready to sort of think about a release date and show us some teasers and whatnot, then do that a year out. So that's what annoys you more is them saying, here's what we're working on, here's what we're aiming for. If they just said we're working on it, leave us alone. That's almost okay because they're not really telling you to get excited. They're just letting you know that their next yeah. game's gonna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know it's a mixer. Yeah. It's kind of like okay. Well, at some point, so G- again, going back to GTA Six, I know that's coming at some yeah. point. I don't really know when it's coming. It will come when it's ready. Fine. Like I'm okay with that. They did the same with Red Dead Redemption Two. They were like, "We're working on it. Yeah. You can have it when it's ready." And I did. Yep. Um, 
and that's that's fine. Like I don't I don't need. I feel like some companies. I don't know whether it's to to meet sales targets or you know there's share price yeah. things involved where they need to make certain PR announcements to get share prices up. I don't know whether they do it for those sort of reasons, but purely from my perspective. I don't need you to tell me when it's coming. Like Halo, as a prime example, I wish you'd have left it. (laughs) Like you, you shouldn't have delivered that when you did. Like you committed to saying you felt under pressure and at least saying that's really flopped and you didn't listen to the community and that shit and it's in the bins basically. (laughs) Like, and it's just a prime example of committing to things uh, and delivering something that wasn't ready. Like, just I've said it all along. Just give it to me when you think it's ready. Don't do it to me arbitrary dates. And that's that. Well, look, let's transition out of this this stuff and get into some impressions. We're going to talk about New World, the Amazon MMO with Mr. Paper. The reason I wanted to get this one up is because I've been talking to Paper offline and and there may be some more MMO impressions coming down the pipe. We're just sort of lining things up. He's he's back on that train. So that's what's coming (laughs) to close out this edition of of the podcast obviously if you've made it this far we thank you for your time if live streams are more your thing though twitch.tv slash dimp digital you can hear logan in the chat sometimes when he's playing with hall getting stressed or you know getting it's a flustered. stressful experience you get to it's hear a stressful experience with them morons at times you get to hear pa you get to hear kebab man uh peewee there's all sorts of little characters that pop up in those live streams and sometimes i do it but um, twitch.tv slash digital, you can head over to do that and follow us. And we don't have any schedule, so don't <laughs> don't don't feel like we're actually going to tell you when we're going to stream. You'll literally get a notification. If you're there, you're there. And if you're not, you've missed out. <laughs> and then you can, uh, you can give us your Twitch Prime whilst you're there as well. Help us out. Buy a couple of beers. But that's it. We'll transition over to New World of Myself and Mr. Paper. And we'll see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat. I'm joined by Mr. Paper, a very rare appearance that you're making on the podcast these days. But we're here to talk about New World, the MMO from Amazon Games that actually released last year. It's over a year since the game came out. And we finally got through... The well, got through the MSQ, the vanilla MSQ, up to a certain point for you, which we will explain. Um, but we've got through it anyway. Welcome back, good to see and speak to you. No worries. I think, apart from you know, the big drafts and mm. game quizzes and stuff like that, this might be the first time I've actually come on here to talk about computer games. That's that's how I, I'm, I'm rattling my head to ah. think. Have I been on here before? Valheim. Oh, we did have a Valheim. But that how how long ago was that? That's a oh, couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was not almost longer. it was almost, if not two years ago. So absolutely was was a long time ago. Um but this is the New World, MMO, Bezos territory. Now, before we get into New World itself. We've both played this. Both played a lot of it. I've done eighty-eight hours, and I think what did you say? One hundred and ten hours that you've done. One hundred and ten. Yep. One hundred and ten. So more than enough time, really. And this came out September of twenty twenty-one. So 
over a year old at this stage as we record and as this goes out. But that's how long it kind of took us to get through the, the MSQ because we we played it at launch a fair old bit, then stopped, then played again for a bit, then stopped, and then finally in this last kind of phase got to max level and, and ticked off as much as we, we, we kind of could. But before we get into New World, I think it would be useful for the audience to understand your kind of history with MMOs because it's a very specific genre and something that people seem to either love or hate. But we all know that Guild Wars 2 is your jam and then we've got New World coming out. So tell us a little bit about MMOs and why you spend so much time with perhaps Guild Wars and, and what your, your, your other experiences with other MMOs have been. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. So Guild Wars is as you put it my jam like that is a game that i've spent the most amount of time in now of any computer game that i've ever played um i've come up for about a thousand hours in the game so it works out just over roughly about maybe 100 120 hours a year i put into that if you break it down to yeah. start playing it um but i just love the fact that i can keep going back to it and there's stuff to progress there's consistently new stuff that's always appearing and i can be invested in the lore and i can dive into it for two three months and get really into it get burnt out a bit and yeah. go and take a bit of a break and then then something new drops and then i can get massively back invested back into it again and so i must admit i'm a sucker sucker for like the story element of mmos yeah which is strange to think about considering that mmos a lot of people's like get to end game and grind and whatever and stuff like that yep and there are mmos out there that are like 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 black desert online wow uh lots of, and I've, I've played them all not massively but like i've give, jumped in them and i've always sort of found myself sort of struggling to get really into it whereas somewhere like guild wars had a really good story and therefore i was consistently going back into it and consistent expansions and so forth and that's i think what mmos do really well it's a bit like you you love um uh horizon uh mm. and when they dropped that second that, that first expansion you jump straight back into it because you wanted to get back into that world well it's exactly the same with mmos really that expansion drops or that new content drops and you're like i want to get back into that world because there's something new to explore and i enjoyed mm. my time there before so i really got that and the other thing i really like is um you can sort of set yourself goals in it because there's so much to do. There's mm. some, there's too much to do, to be honest. And you can, well, there will be people out there that are just mad and can just spend their whole time in there getting to really high specs and whatever it is and completing lots of achievements within the game. But I just like the ability to be, say, there's a long-term goal that I can set and I can try and get there maybe over three, four months. Maybe I'm creating a legendary. And there's people that can probably create legendaries in like less than a week or less yeah. than a day or whatever. Whereas for me, it's just that longer process I can log on. I don't have loads of time. So I log on maybe one hour, two hours in an evening, a couple of times a week, just sort of slowly progress it. And then that joy of getting to that, you know, little checkpoint towards the end and you've got this new legendary weapon or you've unlocked a mount yeah. uh, is really appealing for me. So yeah, MMOs, I like the fact that they're just, longevity you know you're not going to finish it and then you're going to have to wait for the next release like say god of war for example that's coming out uh very recently yeah. uh the second, that's just recently dropped the next um i was gonna say expansion it's not expansion the next game um but you had to wait for that to get four back and a half years i had to wait for that exactly whereas for four <laughs> and a half years i've spent 
400 hours in Guild Wars, yeah. um, going back in and doing small little bits of content updates rather than just one great big story um, as, as we go. And so that is why, for me, MMOs really work is that consistent drip feed of 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 things you can do and as i said i like the story element of it so that's yeah. why guild wars me but they do it in lots of like new gear drops new dungeons and uh, for all sorts of mmos and as i said i've touched on wow i've done black Dead online doing a bit of star trek online at the moment yeah i've done runescape uh old school i've uh, a bunch of others like i really want to give final fantasy a, a whirl lots of yeah. people have been banging on that that's a really good story driven content one mm-hmm. um but yeah that that's sort of for me the reason why i wanted to go into new world was because i was like this is the next big mmo i want to give it a go and i think that was one of my regrets that when guild was never played it a lot and i'm quite high in it and whatever and stuff like that I didn't play it from day one. Nah. I missed out on the first couple of years. I think we, I think actually you and loading got me into it. You, you and loading brought the game on disc yeah. and then me and Hall followed suit. Um, but I re- I've always that for that point wanted to be in an MMO from day one and I've never had the opportunity. So, you know, yeah. new world come along and there's a few others coming up. There's the right MMO potentially on people's radar. There's actually the creation that's on people's radars are meant to be really good MMOs upcoming, but they're years away. Yeah. And that's the problem with MMOs. One good one drops every few years, if that. And so it's, uh, you have to jump on it when it comes. Otherwise you might miss the hype train. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true that the opportunities for MMOs getting at the ground level certainly don't, <laughs> don't appear as, as often as, as people might expect. It felt like there was a while, it was probably five, maybe longer, six, seven, eight years ago, where well, even before that, that there was a lot that tried their luck and kind of fell away and didn't, didn't have much longevity, but it's certainly is appealing. I, I'm, Almost not opposite to you, but I've tried Guild Wars. I've tried actually. Have I only tried Guild Wars? I tried WoW for a little bit. There was a little free up to first twenty levels. I think we played with Dave one we, time. We did Elder Scrolls as well. Elder Scrolls Online. Oh yes, yes, yeah, that as well. Which I actually got through the vanilla campaign of that as well. So that's kind of where I'm at. But people who listen or watch regularly know that single player stuff's usually where I go. But I I do occasionally like to do some multiplayer and MMOs are interesting way to spend it as to why new world ended up with me. It's because you bought it for me pissed up. I, I, I think I, I was in that state where I'd had a few drinks and I was like, you know, I want to drag someone in on us on this journey. Um, I think much like you and like, I, I knew you wouldn't buy it yourself. No. Um, <laughs> and you probably wouldn't be as eager to jump in an MMO unless it was, free pretty much Um, and a bunch of people were doing it and you felt like you had to i thought as i said we don't get very many opportunities where big triple a mmos drop or should be triple a mmos drop and you know i thought you know you should at least experience the journey once you don't have to do it again um but you know you'll you'll have that with you for the rest of your life and you've now got i'll have the scars with me for the rest of my life you mean yeah (laughs) no it's worth it this this uh call yeah exactly exactly much as i take the piss i did appreciate that and um and dived in so in terms of our progress we both hit max level um there is a essentially there's like a, an MSQ like there is in in many of these uh, these games. There's tons of side quests. There's factions and 
other different you know specialities that you can level up whether it's crafting whether it's hunting you know smithing all that sort of stuff is is there but in terms of our progress we kind of got through the the main msq there's one sort of expedition which is basically a dungeon for, for lack of a better term which requires a multi-person team um at, at the back end of that which i have done i'll explain kind of the process of that later on because it was interesting to go through that um using their kind of group finder you have not done that because there's no solo option as we record this to kind of finish that off which is a bit of a a blower and it's reliant on end game kind of uh leveling which which changes once you hit level 60 so that's just a bit of context where we got to and how much we played and as I said you've got the hours let's start really broadly what what about new world did you like what was the things that you felt like it did right and i should say there's been a recent expansion that's come out the brimstone sands i think it's called we've not I think you've spent maybe a little bit of time of it, but we're not going to talk about that. This is purely a scope of like the main vanilla campaign. And they've also changed the way that the the campaign or the MSQ operates from level 1 to 25. We didn't experience that. We were there from day one and played it throughout the year. So we kind of missed that. So this is um, a view from, from that perspective, but just thought I'd sneak that in there. Anyway, New World, what did you like? Yeah, no, that's, that's good context. Uh, New World, would I like... To be honest, the... I, I as we went through this, I updated my PC, uh, my right, rig, yeah. um, and before it was a bit of a slug, and I was everything was on low, and, and now everything's on ultra. So I, it, it, I've got myself a nice rig. The graphics in the game uh, are, you know, for an MMO standard, like yeah. are are brilliant. Like, and uh, the the fact that you just pretty much look around and go, well, I want to go over there, and you go over there. It it it, it does feel like that whole sort of massive open world that you'd get on like a gta or Mm. red dead redemption uh in terms of like you just look around you look at that really tall tower and one side of the world you'd be like right i'm gonna go over to that tower and stuff like that so visually i thought they did a really good job um and they did a really good job on some of the visual mechanics around um like cutting trees and and rocks and stuff like that i felt like the fact that when you cut a tree it would fall over and and it looked like it and the thing is i i was on it about a week ago or something like that just doing something i can't remember what i was doing but i remember i was in one of the settlements and i just remember seeing through a corner of a house on a settlement just a tree fall over yeah and that's what i could see and i was or like the corner of a tree fall over and i was like oh there's a player out there chopping that and it was just like that lit those little things that you're like there's someone over on the other side of the settlement i can't really see i can't see them at all and they've just chopped a tree down and i've just seen it out of uh, my peripheral and that was just like it sort of brings it home it brings it to life a little bit more and so i really appreciated that um side of things the other thing i really liked about the game uh well there's a couple of other things but one was i i enjoyed the leveling of you know the the crafting and the the like like log cutting and material gathering stuff like that i'm sometimes a bit of a sucker and i i often google what's the most chill game i can play and you know (laughs) stardew valley always pops up um but there's something to be said about like right i'm going to spend the next couple of hours just gathering some logs leveling up my login and you know just doing what i need to do for my next level of crafting and stuff like that and so 
it, it, it sort of, as long as you're in a relatively you're over leveled in your safe sort of area you, you can sort of switch your brain off and, and and really go to it and it feels very intuitive you can pretty much take out all rocks and pick yeah. up pick up all pebbles and take down all trees and pick up all herbs you see and so forth um and, and i really enjoyed sort of like that relaxed element of the game um which i got a lot of at the start um because like there were just times when like maybe we weren't in together and we didn't want to progress too fast and i was like saying oh i'm just gonna go off and just do some some kindness of logs for a couple of hours and i, I just it's just nice i d- didn't think too hard and just went and did it and i know a lot of people have sort of said that that was one of the elements of the game that they've sort of up the standard for at least their MMO perspective around sort of the crafting and the gathering mm. for future MMOs moving forward. Um, so that, that was a nice thing. Yeah. Um, and in the final one for me, so the, the free um, was the fe- uh, visual stuff, the sort of craft and gathering. And then two was sort of like, like the combat I felt was quite, um, mm. you know, you get a lot of tab targeting in MMOs and, and so forth. This was, designed or stated before that you know this is going to be like bloodborne level of combat it, i probably wouldn't go as that far but it, it it definitely had elements to it where you had hard encounters like there was many times where me and you were running away from bosses because we they yeah. were just elites or whatever and we had to be waiting for you know tagging up with a couple of other people close to us to take down a boss and stuff like that um, and sometimes we just have to level up and then come back a bit later and, and sort, sort it out it was um, so for me like the the combat felt you know intuitive enough I like I play hills mm. and uh, it's very easy just to miss your hills and I guess it's from any ranged weapon that if you're not actually accurate with your range weapon yeah. if you've not got the crosshairs on it you're miss. gonna miss yeah. and like you know there's a lot of games out there that sort of make that easier for you if you hop firing that direction you know yeah lock on and stuff like yeah. field was really like that you know if i'm firing in a certain direction i know i'm not going to be missing yeah. um in in the open world and stuff like that and so um yeah i i, I thought that was a really nice level of combat so yeah for me like those were the sort of really key things there was a couple of other nice little bits but like for me those were the the the, the key three things i really enjoyed from new world yeah the combat is definitely and again my experience is pretty limited but you know like you said the tab targeting is not a a thing really in 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 new world to a certain extent and i had the musket which i was using which i know you love the sound of but didn't find much practical use for it and again yeah you're right it's free aim you have to make sure you hit the target but also they had critical points on the enemies you know if you hit them in the head you'd get more, you'd see more damage pop up and things like that so there was an element of in my previous experience like you say it's normally just aim towards them and you'll do you know, the, the, the RNG will decide whether you get a critical hit or not, whereas there was a way of kind of being able to manufacture that yourself by aiming for specific, you know, points of the body and whatnot. And it did feel a bit more robust in that sense. And then going back to your, your other point about the gathering, I remember very early on, it must have been in the opening 10 hours or so, again, I'd gone on on my own and I got a town board request to go and get some green wood and I remember just going out to like, just literally outside the settlement, there's a shitload of trees there. I just went out there and was like chopping them down. And I was like, I don't know why, I just found this really therapeutic, just <laughs> chopping these trees down. And then I saw my little level going up for, you know, chopping. And I was like, oh, there's like another little element here. And I'm going to get these 50 bits of wood and take it back and get some money and XP. 
And there was there was something nice to that loop where I wasn't at that point I wasn't really there was no real goal in mind. I was just kind of just exploring and doing things that I've ran across and thinking, oh that sounds interesting or at least doable. And they make things easy as well. Like if you get a request to like target or kill certain enemies, they are highlighted in the world with a little yellow or blue icon. So you're not forever messing around trying to make sure you're killing the right enemies or killing the right wildlife or whatnot. And they actually, in a recent update, added that step further with the chest gathering. Some of the requests to do chest gathering actually appear with a you know, a little icon there so you don't miss them because they actually were very easy to miss. I remember there's a few times when we were running around in a in a hostile area and we were missing one chest and we couldn't find this one chest and it's because it was just in a room that we just glanced over. Um, but definitely the the, the, the combat and the, that, that those gathering parts I found, I found interesting and somewhat engaging. Now, look, for those that play any level of single-player game, the mechanics are not close to any of those unfortunately but i think it's good to recognize that in the sort of mmo space they were doing some good things on that from that perspective because they're they're clearly different types of games and have different compromises and in this case they've done a done a good job overall let's um move into stuff perhaps that you didn't like what were maybe you liked everything maybe there was maybe you've got no issues but what did you have any issues with the the game itself that either you immediately noticed or over time became tired or sick of because as you said you can burn yourself out in these games and that's probably why it took us over a year to get (laughs) to get to max level because we got burnt out at least two or three times during that year yeah um I, I, I'll limit myself to three. Like I gave you three, three things I like. Right. Give you three things I won't like. Um, there could probably be more. And there was, as I said, there was more things that I liked. But it's probably good to limit yourself. So I guess the first one was that sort of new player experience. That mm. uh, we, we say well, I've done 110 hours and you've done 80. I wonder how many of those are because we sat in a queue waiting to get in. Uh, and oh, fucking so hell, I forgot I, about that. And so I guess this comes with a couple of things. One is you know. The, they weren't prepared for the demand no. uh, up front. And then when it died out, the amount of server shifting that they did and yeah. mucking around sort of didn't make me feel invested in my area. And so, like, so as I said, like it, that, that waiting, I was waiting in queues for four hours at a time, sometimes to get in. <laughs> and I'd start it earlier, like maybe like one, two in the afternoon <laughs> yeah, while I was at it. work. Yeah. You put it on and put it on to the side and you carry on working and be like, right, I know I'll get in roughly around there. And uh, you just, just then you get kicked out of the queue, and then you have to go to the back of the line. That yeah. was frustrating, and they did fix a little that, that bug. But like, just the whole waiting to get in just was just a bit of a, a shit show, really. Mm. Um, and then, like I said, they you'd get in, and then you'd go around certain areas, and because there's people that have got in that you know can just I don't know leave their computer running all the time or whatever, because they they're not going to disappear for like a couple of hours and come back. Yeah, they didn't want to they get would, back in the queue, did they? No, so they would just like have like auto run on and be running into a wall and stuff yeah. like that. And like little things like that, I would be going around the world, it would just wind me up because I, and really take me out of my experience because I was like, <laughs> and they would, they were, and they were gaming the system, the system allowed them to game it. So mm. it's, it's Jeff's fault, but it's, um, <laughs> ultimately it, like, I just kept finding myself, <laughs> being distracted from my enjoyment because of the cues and then seeing you know how people would game in it and yeah. i i was 
determined not to be the one of those people that gamed it. Uh, and I didn't. Um, I, I reported everyone that did game it. Just because it gave me that little, that little uh, um, buzz of just like, eh. that, that nothing probably happened of it. But it's just like, I felt a little bit better in myself. You know, a bit like Neighbourhood Watch. Um, yeah. The nosy neighbour. Cleaning up the new uh, world servers for all those people gaming the system. Exactly. exactly. Who, who's the real villain? Um, but it's... Uh, it's that that for me that sort of took some of the shine like at the start don't get me wrong day one day two yeah 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 like it was like a bit like whoa everyone's going you know look how popular it is this is promising this is really promising stuff like but by you know week end of week one week two and stuff like that when this is still going on you're like uh like i've lost that hype and that buzz around sort of like being in a queue for four hours i can get away with it from day one or two but like once it's gone past that point i was just gone with it so for me that sort of queue system was uh and and getting in really and then the server shuffling really sort of wound me up because ultimately i have no idea what server i'm in now no i don't just i just there just doing it and then i think on point two in terms of that server shuffling, like some of the faction stuff, um, I think the faction stuff's a really good idea, and the way they do it's really good. But the problem is because they've done all the server shuffling and stuff like that, we were a faction that isn't very popular on that server yeah. Uh, yeah. through the, the shuffle, and like we therefore had no territory. Yeah. And so for me, like then you just consistently lose out on all the perks that you get on settlements. You it's, it's harder to, you know, gather people together to, to fight in the wars and stuff like that. Yeah. I must admit that's uh, put out. That's something we, we haven't done. We probably want, should go back and have a go at doing some of that stuff. The PVP. Yeah. Uh, open stuff. But like it, because of the situation we're in, it was like, but now we've got to, you know, end game level and stuff like that. You know, there's no real will to go and do it because we're clearly not a big enough, you know, faction on that server now there's yeah. only three yeah and you'd think that that the, they probably just need to do a bit better of leveling like so you can only have so many you know i don't know what it is you know maybe they should have only had two factions M- you know, maybe like that horde and alliance like they're doing well it's just like because then you're gonna always have it back and forth but once you get free and it's the same in guild wars when they did the world if you used to back in the day when you used to do the world versus world server uh, and you're on a server if you're on a poor world versus yeah. world server you may as well just not play the world versus world game <laughs> and that's what i sort of feel like in new world i, I may as well just not jump into getting to but because if we're going to go and do it we're going to get dicked anyway yeah if we get one up and so like I, i've sort of just sort of been like ah oh, whatever and i it's like we're missing out on the little free daily things that you get from some settlements that you own like some you know raw hide or whatever yeah i couldn't pick up my little freebies i saw all these other people getting them and i was like i need raw hide Fuck yeah sake. It is it is frustrating. So that was number two, and then my third one, and this is probably the most damning of the lot, is <laughs> I didn't enjoy the MSQ. Uh, no. So for me, like the story, they didn't do it in a way that I found engaging. I think they did it. They had a yes, they had an MSQ uh, where it was linear and you followed it through to the end, mm. and that's fine, and that's what a lot of MMOs do. But like I sort of judge it against some of the MMOs that I like in terms of story, like the Guild Wars, where I feel like I've become a lot more invested in it. And I feel that they do certain things because of that. So ultimately, I knew I would go to 
that, uh, that whoever I need to talk to at the MSQ, yep. I'd press F really quickly to get through the story. I'd let you update me if there's anything important. Well, I say to be fair, they had voice lines. That that, that was that, a that was good, and and that's a that's a that's a light a light tick that they did some yeah. voice lines and stuff like that. But the problem is they never made anything meaningful in no. the story. So you never got to a place and then there's like and then you went into a massive cutscene and you're like, no. whoa, no. and like there's this thing happening or whatever. And so you're like, whoa, like there's this big, I don't know, monster or like, you know, you saw when you found out the, the old cro- croc had died, I forgot his name, but yeah. um, spoilers alerts. Um <laughs> But uh, I'm assuming I haven't got a spoiler for anyone now. But it's—I well, don't even it's, know if that happens in the new camp. But they may have changed it. This is the thing. They've but even that, you, you, like, you could have an amazing little cutscene of him like laying on the floor. So I was like, go help and stuff like that. And he's did he dies or whatever? Because he's been such an integral part of the story. But it wasn't. It's just like someone just was in the voice like, oh yeah, he's dead or whatever. He's disappeared. Yeah. Like, it's just like it's just you lose that level of meaning and so they definitely needed to enrich their main story quests with like a bit more storytelling rather than just being like we're going to voice act over side quests because ultimately that's may as well it may as well just been a really long side quest where they <laughs> you just walked your way through it and just go go to this place go to that place da, 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 x y and z and you're getting things along the way because ultimately you could F it all. Yeah. And then you could just go over to the area you need. It. And it's, it's the same as any other side quest where it's either kill six of these or 10 of those or kill this main boss or pick up these things out of these chests. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my brain of anything else different that might've happened. There was some, I'll get some materials and stuff like that, but really it's like that, that was it. And so I knew that out of, the five things I could be doing, it's going to be one of them. So mm. after the first, you know, 20 levels, you sort of like, well, it's always the same. So you just skip through it and just go off and do it like you would with a side quest. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, if they wanted me to be invested in the lore of the land so that I would go off and go and do some of the side quests, go, oh, that's, you know, really interesting because I was doing this and I can understand why that boat had sunk because I'm now dealing with this guy yeah. uh, or whatever. <clears throat> um, and or whatever, I would have been more up for that but yeah for me like they just didn't put enough effort into that uh, msq to really pull me in to say i'm invested in the new world law like yeah. i have a vague idea of what's going on uh, but i, I don't got, I, well. I listened to all that dross and i still didn't know what was going on half the time but i listened to i reckon 95 percent of the voice lines the only time i skipped it was when it wouldn't let me listen to it without skipping because I had an affliction that was like 400 seconds. So I was getting health drops every 10 seconds and it was enough time to, to let the voice lines run through. But I had no idea what was going on. I was just like, well, we've just got to go here, paper and kill this person that's just appeared or whatever it might be. It definitely wasn't the most engaging um, on, on that front for sure. Um, they did. They, so we did a couple of expeditions with Dave and I think Chris might have even jumped in once or twice and that's because at some point during the journey the the msq was locked behind doing a dungeon or an expedition now they did actually update the game as we were playing through it to offer solo options so rather than doing the dungeon as a group so if you were a solo player you could go off and kind of at least do the the msq without needing that um what did you think of that addition i mean it wasn't there day one but it was a good like four or five months into it but i think we found that 
that was a good compromise to have in the game sort of towards the back end because us trying to get together an expedition group was always difficult. They added a group finder, which I did use for the final dungeon, which was actually pretty, worked pretty well. But failing that, it was just easier for us to just do the solo stuff together, wasn't it? Yeah, I I think, you know, if there's a lesson learned for any future MMO developers is, you know, the casual single player ish or maybe one or two players is a really important part of their, you know, structure. You know, mm. there will be, and we, we've been recently watching, we shared a video about, you know, how single players in, in MMOs yeah, are yeah. actually important. And yep. there's a line in one of those videos that we're sharing is about these players are really important. They want to go off and do it and play on their own or play with one another and stuff like that. And yes, give them the option to come together with a group if they want to do something and give them the opportunity to do that. But they're not always going to want to do that. So don't gatekeep getting to end game for, for that. And so, and yeah. I think that's the big thing with New World is like they, they put a gatekeep really early on onto New World. Whereas if you're a single player, especially without find a bloody group, which is literally integral to, you know, find a group, you've either, yeah. you go back to the old sort of WoW days, you know, and everyone goes out, oh, it's great and stuff like that. But ultimately back in the WoW days, you had to stand outside a dungeon and say, Hey, is there any yeah. healers? Is there any tanks? And you had to just keep putting chat until someone just joined and, and you could end up, you know, spending hours just waiting for people to get into that dungeon. Yeah. And that's fine when you're 15, 16 years old and you're going to school and you you've not got uh, you got time to think. But when you get older into your 30s like us and you've got things going on or other commitments you want to do, it's just not possible. So, you know, for me, the fact that they added that single story element onto those was was good at that point. Um, I think, you know, the way I sort of play these things anyway is I like to single player through the stories when yeah. they drop and come out and so forth or go through it with someone else but then i like to go back and do some of the more group content later when i when i feel like i've really understood the game a bit more and uh, mm. i sort of understand sort of what my role is in the game and i therefore i feel like i can enjoy um a, a dungeon uh, and we as you said we did do a dungeon i thought actually those were some of the better content pieces of the game once we got in there with a group yeah like, there's some interesting puzzles and there was some interesting boss fights and so forth and some mechanics um which is all what dungeons should be about yeah um but don't force that on me at specific times let me decide when i want to go and do that and let me if i don't want to do that and there'd be plenty of people out there that probably don't you know just let them go past it and enjoy your game because otherwise you've just lost about that point and they'll go off and play something else and then yeah. you've lost the opportunity to upsell and all that type of stuff that mmos do yeah no i mean it seems I'm still surprised that they've offered a solo option for every single quest other than like the final one. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 I somewhat get that though. Like, cause you, you've sort of, then maybe we'll come on to this conversation in a minute, but like they, they, you sort of have fit. You've got to max level at that point. So I sort of get it, but yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you can do it. Like I said, I use the group finder for that. And it's really useful in that you can create... I joined a lobby, first of all, and we failed badly, and there was finger-pointing. I was clearly not pulling my weight, and I was like, well, that's costly. I was like, make sure you eat. And I was like, I'm eating, you fucking idiots. But, you know, you have to get, you're getting those squabbles, unfortunately. Anyway, it all failed. And then I thought, well, you know what? I'll just create a lobby and see what happens. And you can actually put, like, a note to say what the lobby's looking for. So I put solo player looking to go through dungeon first time 
Um, it shows my level. Said not very good. Um, you know, help if would be appreciated. And within ten minutes, there were four others that came in, all pretty good level, all knew what they were doing. Came in and we smashed through it in like forty minutes. And I was like, that, yeah. that worked really well. It shows that that group finder at least works really well. Um, so I felt quite fortunate there. But I still feel like there should be an option where me and you could have just done that through a, a quest through a dungeon of sorts that didn't require everyone to like three others to, to make up the numbers because it's just not possible to do that without a well-prepared group like, i know there's psychopaths that have done it solo i've seen the videos but the general person you're not going to get through that without a good group of you know highly level people you could probably carry one person which was me in this case you're trying to carry like two or three and you're just not going to get through it so I just it just feels a bit strange to have offered that option for every other kind of point in the quest and then at the back end just gone, nah. And let's not forget, when the, the game wasn't finished when it first launched either. I didn't know this until Dave told us, but there was a good six months where the final expedition wasn't even available. Like it just sort of the, the MSQ ended saying, Oh, right, we'll get prepared for that, and then that was it. Everyone thought it was bugged. I was looking in the Reddit threads, and I was like, is it bugged? And I was like, no, it's just, it ends there. So they they, they made a bit of a hash of that, in my opinion. And I think there's a, there's a longer conversation we could have about solo playing in MMOs, because I think on reflection, not that it's anyone's fault, but playing it, playing in a group and playing it with the intention to get through the MSQ, which is basically how I how I positioned it was probably the wrong thing to do because actually when I was just going off on my own doing stuff that wasn't necessarily advancing my level but was just either exploring or doing like the odd quest was actually probably the more fulfilling time some of the more fulfilling times in the in the nearly 90 hours I spent so that's another conversation for another day I think in terms of where how to cater for those players and you know how useful they are. I think even in Final Fantasy, they've started to implement co-op um, or like NPCs to come with you on certain quests so that you people can go through it together. I think it's a growing request from player bases that don't want to... It seems mad, doesn't it? If you play an MMO, but you don't want to play with other people. And it's like, yeah, but I just don't want... I like the backdrop of the world being alive, but I don't want to yeah. be pushed into groups with people like I did that first time where it's just squabbling. So there was... Um... Uh, there's an MMO, a uh, Guild Wars One, so before yeah. Guild Wars Two, um, where it was like uh, you would effectively build up some henchmen and stuff like that with, yeah. with you, and they would go into the, the the world with you and take on the quest with you. So you wouldn't be going alone; you'd be going with NPCs, but there'll be the NPCs of your choice and yep. so forth. Um, and there's definitely something to be said about that, though. When you did go off into them to do the quests it would be in an instance where there wouldn't be any other players at that moment Correct. but you when you'd go back to like the towns and stuff like that then it was just full of you know just everyone else just doing their thing and so i definitely think there is something for that i also agree with you i think i would actually say the way we started playing new world was more enjoyable than the yeah. way we finished it yeah. um whereas 100%. you know we, we got to the point where we're just like right let's just crack it out and do it and stuff like that whereas that's really the wrong we're just trying to get to the levels up as quick as possible and stuff like that to get yeah. through content whereas you know ultimately and i think sometimes this is just a, a predicament with mmos in general because everyone says end game end yeah, game, yeah, yeah. End game, whole way through get to the end yeah but actually, even if I look back at something like Guild Wars, the time that I enjoyed most was when I was leveling 0 to 80 and I was exploring new parts of the world that I'd never seen before. And I was like, wow, and yeah. stuff like that. And actually, it should be the same with New World. And uh, 
those early points when we're just going out the problem with new world was they they didn't start off with a very good job everything felt no. very cut and paste and if they they'd improved that where you actually felt like you was getting variety going around you would have got a lot more of that you know i can take my time as i level yeah. and i think maybe that you know mmos in general should just be a bit more okay or allowing people to, to level slowly and just enjoy the game because i think that's fun because ultimately if you just gone around doing side quests you know even just half the side quest you would get level 60 at no point yeah anyway. so it, it is just what it is but it's you know you know it caters for allowing everyone to play it differently i just think we maybe finished on maybe the wrong way to play it for us anyway yeah. maybe for some people that's really important to get to the end game because they want to do lots of the pve the, or the whatever P- or pvp, PvP sorry yeah, stuff, yeah. Stuff like that or when we're grinding the dungeons or whatever it might be yeah, yeah. for us the pvp stuff is probably one of the least important things so the pve stuff we probably should just try to enjoy yeah. a little bit more yeah because once you get to level 60 which is the highest level at the moment your the leveling then switches to gear score which means each individual piece of gear has a number and you know you you over time you either buy buy or procure new bits of that that's higher and it builds up your gear score etc i think there's dave was saying there's like a watermark system where you can only go one or two levels above your current level and there's an expertise i didn't really understand the end game at all i'll be honest and i didn't spend a great deal of time studying it but i remember i read one article and i was still i still i don't understand this so i just went and bought stuff from the trading post and got close to what i needed to be and then you know, I was, I was ready to kind of do that that expedition and whatnot. Um, I generally think, before you move on, that that's probably a case with a lot of MMOs. Once you get to that higher end yeah. level and you're starting to worry about gear scores and stuff like that, I think it happens in all MMOs. Yeah. It can be a little bit complex, especially when you've got to do that and think of a build that you want to go after because there's usually hundreds and builds and there's definitely yeah. ones that are better for meta at that moment in time and stuff like that and then you got it, it does become slightly confusing some people get it straight away i must admit i'm a bit like you where i don't really get it super no. quick and so unless i'm spending a bit of time invested in it and figuring it out i i find it goes over my head a little bit yeah it was i know real desire to do it other than i knew i had to get to a certain level to be able to not get one-shotted in the end game areas so that was the the reason that, why i did it well i think that caps off most of the well maybe not everything i'm sure we could sit here and talk for another hour actually about this game and, and many of the games that we talk about but we have to call time at some point um we do the uh, the dim digital gaming gallery now so this is an opportunity for you to recognize the games that you're playing we've got a, a shared gallery and you have your own sort of gaming showcase within that but the question is whether New World for you is even going to go in the gallery. So we're kind of like parked outside. It's cold out there at the moment. Temperatures have dropped. We don't even have to get out of the car. You can sit here now and say, look, thanks. Nice, nice knowing your New World, but I'm not going to put you in the gallery. I don't want you. I don't want my name attached to this, this particular game in any form. So I guess the, the first question is, does, is this got a chance of going into your personal showcase within the gallery? So if you look at pure investment, you know, I've played 110 hours, you played nearly 90. Mm. Um, For me personally, will I go back into it again? Probably. I want to experience some of the expansion and see what it's a bit like. I want to go around the world and stuff like that. And I do want to go back and do some of the expansion, uh, not expansions, the expeditions. Um, As long as we got the right group together, I don't really want to do it with random people. I'd like to, like, you know, the lads. Um, so for me, yes, it probably will go into the vault um, or the gaming gallery, shall I say, um, because 
you know, through pure fact, the amount of time we spent on something and I don't feel it's finished yet. Yeah. Maybe that's the whole thing with MMOs. It's never really finished, but right. you know, I feel like there's still some things I would like to go back in and do and I'll do them when my head's not burnt out with it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For me, says it, it's therefore got a place in, in my gaming gallery. All right. Well, for me, I'm not going to put it in. I can't. Cool. I can't have the stink of New World attached to me. I mean, there were several times, and I was I was playing up because we streamed a lot of it as well. But I'd say this is the worst gaming experience of my entire life. Like I would. I had. There were times when I li- I couldn't bear to play the game anymore. Like, and that may be my own fault. And I get, we go back to the, the, the priorities we put on leveling and getting through the MSQ, which in hindsight was the wrong way to do it. But there were stages during that that I just did not enjoy. And also, I think the fact that it took me, someone who likes to play through things thoroughly, get to the end and then kind of go on to the next thing when I'm ready, this took over a year. Because I couldn't, I couldn't face doing it in such long stints. I had to, I had to get away from it at least two or three times. So, for that reason, I, w- I wouldn't be true to myself if I at- attached it to my, <laughs> to my gaming showcase. But Jeff has been saved by you, so we can we can wander into the gallery and you can kind of decide how you want to recognise it, either with a platinum, a gold, a silver, or bronze. There's no guidelines as to what they mean. They can mean whatever they like to you. Just know that you've kind of got four options and from higher to, to somewhat less high. So where will, what sort of recognition will new world get in papers, gaming showcase in the gallery? So it's definitely not anywhere near top tier of that, 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 that <laughs> platinum um, or even gold, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's for me, it's more around like there's the opportunity for it to be good. Mm. Like with MMOs, they usually improve over time. And we've seen that already with new world. They've gone back, revisited, redone some of the stuff that we've not gone back and experienced. It might be a million times better. Who knows? Uh, are we going to go back and do it? Most likely not. We're not the type that go back and replay. There's people out there that like doing yeah. that, but not, not really for me. So for me, it sort of sits at that bronze level at this moment in time. Yeah. If it, if it improves, and adds more content and becomes a bit more engaging within the story. It definitely has the ability to push itself up to silver. I, I, for me, will it maybe probably not, but Mm. you know, I, I, I don't think it would drop off bronze into, you know, not being in the gallery, but I think it definitely has the ability to push itself up. If it wants to in the future, um, we shall see. So for me, it it gets that sort of bronze level. It's made it through the door mainly because there's stuff I want to go back and do. Yeah. I, I, and I've spent so much time in it. It's rightly or wrongly, it's it's it's, it's where it is for for me. I think. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And yeah, we these um that'll that'll forever be in the gallery. And then if we do revisit games, like we off well not often, but sometimes we do. Um, it's kind of revisited with the lens of of that time. So if it's in eighteen months and there's been three expansions, it'll be you know taking that into account. So with the with the way games developed now and like live services and they're always evolving especially mmos they were like the the original kind of live service if you will always evolving it's um it's something that we can kind of do going forward is to say right in in 2024 how's new world and it's oh it's gone up or or at the moment it's a bit crap because you know they, they do have peaks and troughs each of these service games they peak and they go down the shitter so if um if there's some substantial content and you go ahead and revisit it then we'll certainly get you back to talk about New World. And obviously in the future, when it's appropriate, 
some level of Guild Wars chat because that has to have a have have a have a chance at asking the question of whether it goes into the gallery and where. But we'll save that for a a future a future edition. Just sort of tease the audience there that Guild Wars Two perhaps coming to a gaming gallery near you. Anyway, thanks for joining me on this particular chat. It was good to finally get this out of our systems in terms of New World and and get through the majority of the game and get to, to max level and whatnot. I feel like I can put those demons to bed now and uh, and see what the future holds. Who knows who gets tempted back into the wonderful world of, of New World. But there's nothing more for us to say here, though, other than thanks for your time. And ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.